Ladies and gentlemen, the time comes is the your weekly AEW review and breakdown. Introducing first, the man of the hour. Now rise up and feel the power, darling. Yo, what up, everybody? I'm the other half of our hosting duo. They call me the Duke. They call me the Digital Phantom. I am the Duke of Derby, also known as Garrett. What's up, everybody? It's time! Let's go, man. Yes, it is time. So much good wrestling this week, you know, like always. But, blood and um, guts. It was blood and guts. Yes. <laughs> um, absolutely. So we had some blood and guts this week. Um, and, yeah, honestly, I, I don't know. Like, uh, so much, like... Of, of what makes good wrestling is like, I, I think it gets kind of buried in the, in the, like you can have a really, really good match um, that you just don't like, you, you don't, you, you can necessarily appreciate all the tiny things that go into it. And the reason why I'm thinking about this, I was going back through, so I watched the, uh, yeah, I don't know if you saw this video, Charlie, there was this video going around Twitter uh, for a little bit of a, a Claudio Castagnoli and Eddie Kingston in their history. Um, okay. Actually, I actually and, didn't. Yeah, yeah, it was it was just a you know you random things you see in the IWC on Twitter, um, and uh, it was like their it wasn't their entire history, but it was like actually a lot. It was really educational. I didn't know much about Chikara to be honest with you, um, dude. Okay, we got to go back and watch the old Chikara because this is what Chikara is. They're like a wrestling company that storylines are inspired by comic books. That's actually awesome. So and between but there's have those two gimmicks also like, that I'm going to be not a fan of where like they have like uh, the all seeing eye or something like that, that would cause magic to happen. And I, I'm, I'm not going to watch that, but everything else I think I'd be interested <laughs> in. Um, and actually why I bring that up is because that specific uh, feud ended with a two match. Like they'd had two matches. I think they'd both won or something like that. Either that or it was like a rubber match was needed, but they never... They never had it in Chikara because uh, Claudio went to WWE. So uh, yeah. there's that there. But uh, also the same guy that made those videos, I can't remember the channel name off the top of my head right now where I would uh, shout it out. Um, they they were talking about uh, the pure title matches that, that Brian Danielson and uh, Nigel McGuinness were having. And then the matches they had for the Ring of Honor world title. And just... what, 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 what wow. title match this week pretty cool so yeah absolutely yeah it was it was all good tie back in together and it actually i wish i hadn't seen that stuff because it kind of made the one that we wanted that i got this week even though it was a good match and it was like oh yeah so this is not using the stipulation <laughs> at all you know but like that's also yeah, you got know. brian danielson and nigel mcginnis i mean you, you can't really beat that like pure like pure wrestling combination i can't think of a like what's like yeah there's no other idea there's about nobody I mean, who, who would be better than to, to match I mean, up the and, only match that has a potential is saber and danielson so literally I, I, that's the only thing i can think of yeah so that'd yeah. be like the new the new age new or the newer age i guess like yeah, the newer today age we'll call it a, a version of that but anyway uh i i did get into a little bit of wrestling uh, ahead of time but uh before we get into all the main orders of business there's a couple things to take care of off of the top the first thing is you can follow us on twitter you can follow me at bane dude that's b-a-n-e-d-u-k-e on twitter and you can follow follow charlie at oh charlie with an x instead of an a anyway um yeah man um we had we had forbidden door last week it was a fun time it was a great show thanks for everyone that checked it out and if you're checking out our Eat Sleep Elite show this week, where we do weekly, we got another fun show, right? We got Blood and Guts, man. Blood and Guts. So, since it is an even number, 
I am first on the favorites. And Boom. let's not waste any fucking time, man. Blood and guts match. Poof. This was bloody. There was guts. Yes. And most importantly, we had the Jericho Appreciation Society get their ass whooped. Garrett, start this match started out with Sammy Guevara and Claudio. And yes. immediately I was like, I Timberman snubs Sammy climbing up into the cage in two seconds. Absolutely. And I was immediately I was just thinking like Claudio has so many one-on-ones that we either A, haven't ever seen, B, haven't seen in forever. Like, I, and Sammy jumped at that opportunity, literally. And so, yeah, man, I just, I got to say this. To me, I think Blood and Guts delivered. I'd say it was a similar quality to last year's. Yeah. Moxley and Claudio were definitely the lifeblood, you could say, of the match. Okay. I would say Angelo Parker had the most uh how do I how do I say this the image of him being hung over the edge bloody that's going to be the image that stands the test of time I can't I can't th- I th- don't th- understand how that happened I'm going to be honest with you it's Moxley fucking but like how did he get out I guess is my my question <laughs> started shoving him through there <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny yeah and uh yeah man there might there's a term there but yeah, that that image there is going to be the lasting image in our brains from this match. I'm never going to forget that. And if yeah. you have a moment like that in this, fuck yeah. Uh, what? Let me say, I think Blackpool Combat Club getting the victory here was the right call. I like. I mean, I like. Literally won like four on six or whatever it was. Like right, like. Yep, and I, I liked uh, the how they won on top of the cage, right. With Claudio being the one that actually got the tap out, but Kingston wanted to be the one to tap out Jericho. Yes, they're already like setting that mentioning, up. This is going to be something that they're going to bring into it. Because unlike CM Punk and Colt Cabana, I think these guys will actually work together. Whereas we know Punk and Cabana, they've never even interacted on TV or anything. They're, they're not going to. No. Yeah, they obviously and don't have any this, interest. I think they're going to turn it into a storyline. And I think this is the right finish. I think this is the right call. And overall, I got to say, I do think Blood and Guts delivered. It, it had a lot of hype going into it. And I do know there is some criticism. And I can see it where when you bleed every week, sometimes it doesn't impact as much here. And there there, there is some truth to that. But you got to make it stand out. And the Angelo Parker moment, and even Matt Menard bleeding his fucking head off. Like, yeah, Moxley. Being all stitched up from the night before, got cut open instantly. Not the night before, but Sunday. Yeah, and a couple days before. Yeah, can we just? My God, man, two point fucking good for you guys. But a week for Wheeler too, because like he he won yeah. that. He they, I, didn't he get that? Did he get the pin in that match at the paper? Maybe I can't remember. Um. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, we, Wheeler yeah. went at the pay per view. One on yeah, dark. Wheeler wins at the pay per view. <laughs> Wheeler defends his his title the day before this match. And storyline, obviously, it wasn't actually the day before this match, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and then, then goes on and wins in blood and guts. I mean, that's that's a hell of a week for Wheeler, dude. And so I, I guess mean, all in all, what what did you think of blood and guts? Did it? I mean, um, I mean expectations going in with with where we felt about Blackpool Combat Club. So I didn't actually know anything about this match going in whatsoever. I didn't go back and watch any of the previous stuff. Um, 
But then I realized like three seconds in that, oh, it's just a War Games match. Okay. Um, yeah. Instead of cage, <laughs> oh, I've seen this before. Yeah. I've seen this before, except they're actually going to throw somebody off the cage this time. Got it. You know, um, and you, we knew, <laughs> by the way, why do they far, keep bro? doing that? They know someone's going to get hurt. Like, <laughs> Sammy Guevara wants to do it, man. He, Sammy hey, Guevara's man. highlight reel at the end of his career is going to be insane. It's going to be like three minutes long, though, because he's going to die he before he gets there. Like like. Parties, and that's the kind of guy Sammy Guevara clearly is. Know, that's not a knock on him. He's just going to hit He's gonna hit a lot of spots. They'll be in those three minutes, but they'll be like, not very many because he's going to die on one of them. You know, I'm like. Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen are in a competition for who can have the greatest highlight reel ever. So, Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's – I mean, they probably saw each other backstage and they're like, wait, you're here? Wait, no, you're here? Oh, shit. You know, like <laughs> this match is proof Guevara fits in this group, though. That this group they felt like a real group, and uh, oh, Daniel dude, I love with the silky under the top hat, goaded. I love, um, also the the spot with the uh, what was it like? What was that shit they were trying to get in through the fuck it? Ty Conti should not be in charge of props, by the way. Um, rubbing alcohol, bro. Ty, have you not seen <sighs> a fucking steel fence before? That's just yeah. gonna fucking cut it open. I think Jericho's pissed. He's like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> Dude, girl. Jericho got sprayed with the shit at one point. Like like it was like <laughs> Parker just had such a disgusting as they call it, a crimson mask. Yes, I will say this did feel a little indie mud show to me, but I mean, hey, a lot of AEW stuff does, so you know, like eh, you know, but I mean I would uh, say I think that's war games though in general too. You know, because it was a WCW thing, and I think WCW was trying to play to that, trying to do something new like Hell in a Cell, but also do something different. I don't even know if Hell in a Cell existed at the time. I'd have to go back and look and see. I don't know. I would have to think it did because steel cages. Why why do multiple Hell in a Cell? If but it might have existed first. You never know. Wrestling's weird like that sometimes. Um, Anyway, just to get to go through spots, Sammy was a punching bag. That was really fun. Wheeler my man, I am flubbing everything. Wheeler German suplexing everything in sight was uh, fun. Um, Moxley stabbing Garcia in the face repeatedly. Yikes! Um, it was kind of satisfying though because Garcia has been being a little shit for a little while now. So you know, <laughs> we love the guy. He's one of our fucking guys, but he's a rat. absolutely he's a pillar. He's a pillar, pillar, but he needs to find his way back to the true wrestler. But anyway, um. That's going to be an arc, and I can't wait for it. Anyway, um, yeah, Angelo, Angelo Parker getting destroyed. Uh, the pile driver on the glass. Moxley bringing out the broken glass. So it's the GC dub. Yikes. Um, yeah, there's certain things that make me cringe. Broken glass, thumbtacks. Um, oh, there was a lot of thumbtacks. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. I thought someone was eating it off the cage. You Dude. know what I mean? After those thumbtacks, like, ugh. But you know, you know what though? You know when I think of thumbtacks now, I still go back to the undisputed elite putting them in Jungle Boy's mouth and super kicking him. To me, I oh, yeah, I they can be know. safely used. You know, I don't like... know if that spot can be beat yet. Or when again, it was the Young Bucks when they put them on their fucking shoe and super kicked Candice LeRae. And she just she wore the crimson mask. <laughs> Those, when yeah. I think of thumbtacks, that's what I think of. And my God, there were so many this fucking time, dude. <laughs> the whole what the whole half the rings was covered in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. That whole ring, they were probably just like, let's not go back in there, guys. Yeah, it's a good yeah, idea, right? You know? <laughs> um, but 
uh, I do think Sam Le- Sammy did finally die on this one. Um, this was just like mayhem of wrestling. That's how I would describe it. Like, um, and I think it was a fantastic way to end this whole collision. Um, it sounds like from what I was hearing that this is probably going to be the end of this feud. From what it seems like. Um, and following Anarchy. I mean, these guys have got to do so much fun shit together. Following Anarchy in the arena, they get to do this. I mean, that's just so much fun. I mean, think if you're Je- if you're Jericho and you're and you're Regal and you're sitting together like, All right, where are we gonna go with this? Well, I don't know, I don't know. And then Tony comes up, hey, do you guys want to be the blood and guts match? Oh shit! You know, like, <laughs> and then we'll talk about this now. This is a news thing, but since it was during the match, we'll talk about it. Yeah, Santana got KO'd out of the match pretty quickly. It was on that like Uranagi or whatever he hit, right? Like, I believe so, and. The first thing he did as soon as he got in, injured. It was like, I felt it too. I was like, no. Uranagi, his leg positioned awkwardly, and then he fell to the floor. And it looked he awkward, and I was like, oh. Pretty much near the cage talking to refs. So. You know what was funny? I didn't acknowledge that it was an injury of his. I remember seeing it and thinking, God, that's a rare botch from him. You know? Like, never seen that before. Never seen Santana botch. You know what I mean? I've literally never seen it, I don't think. Like, you know, maybe on video. And his like, first match since Double or Nothing as well. That fucking sucks, man. Oh, well. Like, you know, I mean, hey, injuries are like everything right now. Like, I'd, I don't know how to not be injured in wrestling right now. That's it's why guys impossible. come back like Mr. Orange Cassidy, which we'll get into. I, I'm so glad he's back. But oh. here, that was my favorite. Um, Got to toss me on the spot here, man. What, what were you thinking is your favorite? I mean, this was a weird week. So it was a very weird week. And normally, I mean, I thought I thought the opening match of Dynamite was going to end up being my favorite this week. Like I thought I did not after the match, but like as I heard about it, I was like, OK, yeah, I could see that being a really good match to my favorite guys. Both of them really it's could sweet. use a win yeah. here. Obviously, Orange is winning, but it's not that this week. Um, although shout outs to Orange Cassidy coming out to Jefferson Starship, which we'll get to. Oh. Um, absolutely beautiful stuff. Um, wish we could have got it at a pay-per-view, but. You know, people backstage can't keep their goddamn mouth shut. So, you know. Um, but anyway, so my favorite match from this week was uh, the was uh, the uh, I believe it was the opening match of a uh, of a uh, of a uh, rampage, right? Uh, yes, yes, the, yes, uh, yes, the ramp the Royal Rampage. Oh, sorry, not the opening match. So the first actual match on Rampage, I should say. So we're going with the AEW World Tag Team Championship match: the Young Correct. Bucks versus Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Yeah. Bush, Bushima, Bushimon? Sorry, I can't. I can't yeah, uh, pronounce Bushimon. things yeah, in their languages. They, did, they didn't use the name. Maybe trade. I don't know. Maybe they don't actually. It, call yeah, because they're not technically working together anymore. So maybe they couldn't work out getting it in time because it was only a couple days. I don't know. Um, or maybe they just were like, yeah, just call them. You just called them that on the. I mean, they didn't call them that on the pay per view either. Yeah. So, so I don't know. That's. I don't it know. It might just be a choice. They might have been like, hey, you can use this if you want to, since they're just on their own now. But you know, you called them. Goto and Yoshihashi on the pay-per-view, so it doesn't really matter. Like, I don't know, like whatever. It doesn't matter. It's fine. But um, this is just like exactly what I wanted it to be, though. Is it was hard hitting, high flying, everything it sounded like on paper. You know, not, not very often, even in AEW, do matches fully deliver what they kind of promise on paper. It just kind of is the nature of wrestling. You can't always get a, a banger every time, right? Um this was an example of where I think it kind of it went over what I expected on paper and it went into that territory of, well, now this is just a really fun match. Um, yeah, another uh, sub-10-minute match that the Young Bucks just fucking made the best of it. They, they excel at that position so well. The double ring uh, crossbody into the double ring uh, Meltzer driver. Uh, excuse oh me, Meltzer driver. Oh, my God, this finish, dude. 
Yes. Yes. That finish sequence where he hits the double, like double springboard into the second ring off the two different ropes, off the two different rings, which is a crazy sentence. Um, and then rolls out of that into the double double jump. I'm going to call it like the double jump because that's what they used to call it with Dante. The double jump Meltzer driver, which was just awesome. And I didn't even realize this, but him doing that gives him the second to make it look really clean. Like he doesn't have long enough on the ropes to make it always look perfect. That time it looked just great because he had to second to regain his balance. Like it was awesome. It was great. I loved that finish. Um, and just oh, wait, this honestly, wasn't a title match. No. Oh, I. You know what? I thought this entire fucking time it was. It was. It I was think it was build. So I could pull it up. I, I want to pull up the clip. I want to say on Dynamite they said they wanted to defend their titles. Oh no! It was a, it was an eliminator match. It was an eliminator. Okay. You know what? That's I'm, what it was. They I, said I, you have I, to beat I, us, then you'll get a title shot. Yeah, I hate. You know, honestly, they need to just. Can we just can we just not do that? If they want to defend their titles, just let them defend their titles, Tony. Like what the fuck? Like Yeah, just they they didn't have the ranking to do it, right? You gotta they pick and choose when to use. That's literally what it is. Like you can't <laughs> you can't just pull people from another promotion when you have a ranking system. That's the problem. Like And the ranking system was used again on Rampage. Uh except that, you know, um one time Tomohiro Ishii, I believe, did get a TNT title shot, but you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. But um echoing everything you said, man, I I, I thought this worked. This was a good rampage match. Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi getting him on the show. Um, again, I, I kind of mentioned it, but the sub ten minute match for the Young Bucks, it's without fail. It's going to be a good sub ten minutes because they're not going to waste any time. And that's that's their thing. They don't. And you covered the finish, which is going to be the thing. I, the only other thing I was going to talk about. And yeah, man, uh, Good Rampage match here. I, Rampage was fucking fast, which we'll get into that in a minute. But we got some news here, and then we'll get into uh, Elevation and Dark. And we'll get through the rest of those shows. So, Yeah, absolutely. Talking about some oh, news. By the way, something I didn't mention during the Blood and Guts yeah. thing. I, one thing I have always just kind of weird weird to me about like War Games matches in general is like it takes like 20 minutes for the match to start once you start it. And it's like, oof. I kind of tune out about halfway through that. So that's why I probably missed some stuff. But like, you know, like I just, I don't know. I don't think a match should take 20 minutes to start. That's just me. It's a very gimmicked match. And that's why you can only do it once a year, right? I mean, that's why NXT could only do it on pay-per-view because they didn't have enough time in an NXT show to have that match unless you had no other matches. Like, (laughs) yeah, this literally would have been an entire, you know what though? If they entire episode of NXT when they debuted war games would have been a war games match, which would have been actually an awesome thing if they'd have done that at some point, they should have. Yeah. So um, let's, uh, a couple news things. So Forbidden Door did an estimated 125 to 127k pay-per-view buys. Which I did the math on. That's millions of dollars. Like fifty yeah, million dollars at a hundred thousand pay-per-view buys or something like that. They knew it would at do the less than double or nothing, but I believe the goal was um a hundred K. So they surpassed the goal. Yes. Which is good. Which is good. Because I want them to do another next year. It's a good goal. He wanted to make fifty million off pay-per-view buys and he he killed he crushed that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and so uh, AEW, this week's AEW Dynamite, it finished first on cable, and it topped over a million viewers again. So for yeah, Blood Finally, Blood, dude. It's been like a fucking yep. month since we had a million viewers. It's March 23rd, so. Yikes. And this was the highest 18 to 49, 49 rating for Dynamite. Usually we don't talk about ratings, but this was all over the news. So 
Well, I'm just gonna shed some light on that. So here's the thing, guys. We'll talk about ratings when they, like, basically when they, when it's good. Like if it's bad, it's we're not gonna bring it up because it's just gonna make Tony look bad, and we don't want to fucking hurt the brand of AEW. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that. I mean, I mean, it's not like we're getting paid by. Clear. Tony Khan does not approve of this show. I guarantee it. Like because we use the fucking elite gimmick, and we also fucking talk. I talk shit about Tony constantly. You know, but like. And but everyone already sees online all the fucking the shit talking about rampage ratings. We don't need to cover it on our show. <laughs> it's like but yeah, we we there was a good amount of people, including uh, like other people that would go like to bat for AW like Meltzer and other people that would go like oh my ratings blah, 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 blah. and it's like but you were just making it, it doesn't do anything but just fuel the fucking people. I'm not gonna name names. You know the fucking people that I'm talking about out there with their wrestling podcasts that aren't like actually like watching wrestling. They're just reviewing it. You know. Um, yeah. And, and so, you know, they're just angry. Let them be angry, you know? Um, so the Young Bucks were originally planned to win the IWGP Tag Team titles at Forbidden Door. So glad this didn't happen. So Melter reported this and pretty much saying that was the plan. Ghetto's original idea was for Young Bucks to win the titles and make it AEW versus IWGP Tag Team titles. It was changed and the Young Bucks were on board with that change. I'm glad that the Young Bucks are not stupid enough to recognize it, even if they think they're the best tag team in the world. All they have to do now is then politic themselves into winning three championships at once. You know, no, which I don't think that. The, God, I really hope that fucking Tony doesn't do that. Oh God! And this coming in this article it literally says the decision was later made. Make an interesting story for FTR to hold the three titles. It also sets up a match between FTR and the Young Bucks with four sets of titles on the line, which is something we've talked about. Where that could mean event. They just they got to win them, dude. They got to have all four sets of titles at the same time. It'll be the greatest moment in tag team wrestling history. Fuck it. Have Bret Hart come out and hand them the la- the, the new AEW tag team titles because I don't know. Those ones are just starting to get bland on me. And it couldn't go um, a more deserving team that was formed in the fucking the greatest WWE Performance Center fucking tag ever. And it's not literally. even like I mean it's like you have like the greatest tag is unreal. Yeah, the greatest the greatest WWE creation, not that they're really a WWE creation, obviously they're their own thing, but like the greatest thing that WWE accidentally stumbled into ever, you know, and the greatest indie gimmick wrestlers of all time, probably the greatest tag team ever to wrestle, not in WWE, you know, like not even probably they are that not even. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and then, oh God, I, yeah. mean, I mean, not including new Japan. Cause I don't know old, old Japan stuff, but you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so like I, this match is going to be Titanic. These two it should main event the next pay-per-view. I mean, it really should. It like, should. And as time goes on, I still firmly believe that with you, uh, so, Alan Angels, uh, he has departed from AEW. We briefly mentioned chat. this, maybe? Kind of? I don't I don't remember, but there are some updates on this. Um, he's 24 years old. Pretty much, Alan Angels said to himself, I'm, just, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but yeah. sum it up. He loves AEW, but he wants to go on and wrestle elsewhere. He wants to wrestle everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Essentially. Yes. He's 24 years old. Alan Angels will be in a major wrestling company again. I remember saying to you, like, Impact, CMLL, AAA would love a guy like this, so he'll and find something. he did debut at one of those. Which so, one did he debut at? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Alan Angels has debuted at Impact Wrestling TV taping. There you go. And so, Impact. So, sorry if you're an Impact watcher and we just spoiled that for you, but uh, <laughs> it's AEW news. Uh, Alan Angels, he <laughs> will challenge Speedball Mike Bailey, which, oh my god, he's he's someone I'd love. That's going to be a fun match. Yeah. So, 
look, man, we're rooting for Angels. I, I'm Absolutely. almost positive he'll be back in AEW or in WWE in the coming years. The guy deserves it. Um, he's he's a nice guy too. A's in the chat. He's, he's a fun guy. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And then one last little bit of news here. Pac will make his first AEW All-Atlantic title defense for Rev Pro Wrestling. AEW's news championship will be defended July 10th against Shota Umino. This is no Ooh. surprise to us because when the press release came out about this title, this is this was going to be the title that was wrestled in other companies too. And that was Bro, Are they about to just take this group of strong young lions and just make them full-time wrestlers everywhere because they've been using them everywhere this yeah, year. I, I think I think Shota technically now has graduated. So Okay, so they've they probably just realized, oh, we got five stars here. Let's just graduate all of them. Because Clark was in the tournament. Or, sorry, the tournament. Well, I guess the tournament eliminated yeah, yeah. things. So, yeah, I guess technically you couldn't have – I mean, he could have been in it. But, like, he, yeah, so I guess they're – that's kind of crazy. Was, they they got on one AW show and they all graduated. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, he's still in excursion. So it's kind of cool. And this is, again, well, this is a, a good sign because this title should be the one that's in the other companies if they're going to make it special. Absolutely. I mean, and – it's gonna be so yeah, cool. It'll be a fun match. I, I hope uh that match catch it because that should be really yeah. interesting. So Garrett, uh that being said, if you want to take us through Dark Elevation this week. Yeah, AEW Dark Elevation episode 69. Hey. Anyway, um <laughs> we did that that was awesome. <laughs> if I had a fucking thing, I'd hit it there. We opened up with the Queen Slayer, Anna Jay, picking up a squash. Uh, she tried a few uh, different things out than she normally does, you know, just kind of adding to her repertoire. I like to see it, you know. Uh, Anna Jay picks up the win with the Queen Slayer. Um, we had p- 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 Powerhouse Ricky and Ricky Starks. Sorry, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Anyway, um, I sounded like actually that sounded like the transition sound on Batman. But anyway, um, uh, um, uh, so Jordan, uh, so Jordan Cross needs a sandwich. Um, the jobber in this match. Give him a sandwich. Um, yep. Picked up the one with the Rochambeau. Uh, Destination Unknown Ruby 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 Soho uh, picked up a squash. Um, I still love Anthony Agogo uh, on commentary, by the way, especially when he trashes America. It's just hilarious. Nice uh, she picked touch. up the yeah. one with the, yeah, with the Destination Unknown. What were you going to say? I was saying, yeah, it's a nice touch. Yeah, he's just, I keep saying this every week. He just makes things more legit. Um, we had Swerve in our glory pick up another squash as well. Um, I remember I, I wrote a go-go as amazing in commentary. I think I think he was just like, you know, being really funny here. Um, and then Swerve snuck in with the uh, nasty kick to the back of the head you always like to bring up for the W. So fucking good. It's just... Ugh. When he hits that to win his first singles title in AEW, it's going to be a big <laughs> It's going to be, oh my God. Um, we had Ethan Page on Dark as well. We had Ethan Page picking up a win. Um, a little bit of racism from Dan Lambert. Hey. Can't help it. Uh, Serpentico is is clearly from Puerto Rico, not from Mexico. You bastard. Um, anyway, I don't know if that's true. That's that's th- this is fake news. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's true. But uh, I agree that uh, Serpentico went splat on the ego's edge. Uh, so. Yeah, but anyway, uh, so Ethan Page picks the one with the ego's edge, and then we had Johnny Hungy picking up a a, a squash. Uh, you know, the big man was like, "No," but then he cut down the tree, set up the end, and hit the spin doctor for the dunk. Hungy, hungy, hungy. Exactly. We had the House of Black pick up a squash. Um, Dasha forgot that Julia Hart existed and did not even mention that that they were there. 
so I guess Julia wasn't really there. I don't know. Um, anyway, she seriously just doesn't mention people. I don't get it. But, you know, it, it, it's like it's not her job or something to introduce the entire group, whatever, you know, like um, Julia. I noticed you anyway. Um, <laughs> you were there. I swear to God, you were there. Anyway, King Cave demands chest in, and they're calling it the Fire Thunder Driver. I thought they were calling it the Gonzo Bomb. Okay. Uh, and then the main event of Dark Elevation episode 69 was the Dark Orders, Uno, Ten, and Reynolds taking on Max Caster and the Gun Club, aka the Ass Boys. And, uh, you know, both teams have been picking up wins, so this kind of made sense for them to collide here. Um, Austin Gunn, you know, was uh, was stealing. He picked up, like, the steel win, and we got, like, our first little hints at what was going to come later. The shocking events that we were going to see unfold later on Dynamite between the Gun Club and Billy Ass. Um, but that being said, that takes us to AEW Dark, episode 150. Very special episode of Dark. Yeah, episode 150, we had some debuts this match, and we had a good, uh, championship main event. So, starting us off, we had Willow Nightingale defeat Ashley D'Ambois. Uh I, I love seeing both these ladies in AEW. And absolutely. Willow's, energy, Willow's energy is unbelievable. And oh, absolutely. her charisma just takes her to the next fucking level. Man. I love her music, too. It's so, like, upbeat. And it's, 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 it's amazing. It, this character is great, and I hope... Future Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, future AEW Women's World Champion, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Maybe a future TN or TBS champion as well. I, I know, hope like, Ring of Honor, man, because I could see her fucking shining in NXT. So I hope absolutely. they don't let that happen. Especially the Ball as well. She's got some interesting stuff there. Like, Yeah. And uh, we had the Factory, uh, Aaron Solo and Nick Camerano, defeat Null and Matt Vandegrift. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a pretty quick one. Null size yeah. match Camarado and is working off him until Camarado put him down a very impressive Alabama slam for the victory. Mm-hmm. We had Matt Seidel defeat Jake something. Welcome back to AEW Dark Absolutely. Jake something. Uh, former Impact. I believe he was an exhibition champion. I double checked my Yeah, stuff. he did some stuff in Impact. It was he was known there. I couldn't yeah, find much about him, but he was interesting. And this was this was quick, quicker than I was hoping. But this was much energy to it, too, right? Like, it was just kind of like, oh, they don't really know what to do. You know, like, maybe they just didn't want to do. You know what I mean? I think the side, (laughs) I didn't realize how big Jake something was until this match. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like, like the surprise roll up win is a little, a little shocking to me. But you know what? Hey, maybe, maybe down the road we see, you know, I don't know. Hey, we'll see. I guess before we get to the next match, there was like a little pre-tape with Wheeler that I want to talk about. Where yeah. he said this line, he was like, "It's gonna, it's gonna be a storm of entrails, and it's gonna rain down in blood and guts." And I was like, "Oh my god, this man!" You're <laughs> gonna the goat. We had Athena <laughs> defeat Amber Nova. The story of this match is she showed off a new submission finisher. Yeah, like the, what they call it, like a three on one, a four on one, something like that. Something like that. It's like some combination of a hammerlock and a call leg it, lock. like the goddess lock or some shit. Like the, something better than that, obviously. But like, call it something interesting. Like you know. Athena, add to her repertoire. And, you know, it's... I love seeing these new stars on Dark. This is, to me... Yeah. Again, I think... It feels like Dark is living and breathing. Like, it's not just, like... Because Dark can feel really taped sometimes, because it is. But, like, you know, like... And yeah. people... I, I don't want to... I'm not going to harp on this for long. But I, I think people try and use this as a criticism of, oh, Athena's already on Dark. Look, 
this is what dark should be. People should be picking up victories when they're new to the company here, building their resume. Cause if you're talking kayfabe, they need to warm up to the crowd. I mean, even though we all already know them, but moving on Dante Martin defeated lucky Ollie. This was fucking fast paced, man. Whoa. Yes. Um, I love, I thought they exchanged some great counters and pretty much Martin actually didn't have control of the entire match. Ali got a lot more offense in, and then Martin took control, delivered a crossbody from the high rent district, followed that up with a nosedive for the pin in the win. Hey, one of our pillars, Dante Martin, baby. Julia Hart and Valentina Rossi, and showed off a lot of aggression here. This is kind of a – I mean, look, she, she's still very young in the ring, and – you know, it doesn't hurt to change it up. So I thought this, for what it was, it, it, was know, it felt like closer to a regular wrestling match than she normally has it has because she just kind of did some ground and pound. She kind of was doing some locks, trying to lock. You know, I think she's still trying to figure out mat wrestling a little bit, you know. Um, and I you know it's got to be difficult to figure that out if you don't have like a wrestling wrestling background, you know. Being like, in the house so, of black, she can learn yeah. a few things from those fellas, too. So you know, those guys know it pretty well. Um Fuego Del Sol defeated Marcus Cross, but that was not almost uh, the scenario. Cross looked like he was actually going to get a surprise win, but that didn't end up happening. So Fuego came out, kind of made quick work of him after that. Tornado DDT transitioned to the Hangman's Clutch for the submission victory. The story here is after the bout, Cutie Marshall came out and offered Del Sol a spot in the factory. Sol declined, said that he's heading to the promised land of AEW without Marshall and company. Garrett, do you think he should have declined that? Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, in storyline, probably not. But I mean, like, I mean, it just is going to set up some kind of feud between either him and Aaron Solo or him and QT Marshall or I feel like him something. and fun tag. I'm actually kind of surprised when this happened. I, I honestly thought he was going to join because it seemed Same, like, no, I agree. I thought that was what they were going to go yeah. with. And this was just going to be like a dark storyline where Fuego maybe wants revenge on Sammy or something I like that. And so it. they end up awesome. colliding with the JAS, like for like a brief mid card feud or something, you know, like, yep. Easy heel work. And yeah, the dark order evil 10 or evil. Well, maybe evil that 10. is the team evil 10 <laughs> defeated the wingman, <laughs> Ryan Nemeth and JD Drake. Uh, again, Nemeth started winning and he's been on a losing streak ever since, but uh, I yeah, got the wingman ever win ever. No, he only wins in solos and Yikes. it's been a long time now. Pretty much after the bout, the wingman came out and started beating up Ten and Uno, prompted Silver and Reynolds to hit the ring for the safe. So this is not done. We will get a 4v4 for sure. But All right, you ready for the Arya Davari soapbox? Let's hear it. Arya Davari defeated Caleb Conley, which was our debut. Former Impact wrestler Caleb with a K. Yes. Like that guy, by the way. Um, but he did his job. He yep. made Arya look great. Um, and I'm going to sit here and say, I, man, he's so good, Tony. Just sign him already. Put him on the roster. Ring of Honor or AEW? I'm, I don't care. Just sign him to something. Get him under contract. I think he, I think he would fit in Ring of Honor right now. If the, if I agree, but I would also like, – I don't if, think he would not fit in AEW either. He's great. Well, I don't like, think he would not fit in AEW. I think it's it's a little stiff right now, and I think – It is tough. Yeah, there's a lot of people. to the depth of the Ring of Honor roster. And I think the problem with adding people to Ring of Honor right now, though, is that there's no Ring of Honor. So you're just exactly. kind of saying, yeah, we're going to sign you on the hope that we're going to be able to use you and just send yep. you on dark for now. But it's like – just keep, just keep him on dark, but sign him. Like. Death before is it death by dishonor? Death before dishonor? I'm blank. Before right. dishonor, I believe. Yeah. Let's hope after um, that they announce that they do have a show and it's hopefully coming to YouTube or something. 
I AEW yeah, because it doesn't seem like they're getting TV because you'd think they would have made an announcement by now, you know, like or they could put it on their streaming service, which hopefully that happens soon too. Hopefully that'd in be a great. World they have a streaming service by all out. But yeah, but yeah, that was a pretty good match. I, I agree, man. I the double stomp from Conley also was pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. He had, he didn't uh, dress up in his um, impact attire, which I thought was a nice touch. So. Wheeler Yuta defeated Tony Nese to retain the ROH Pure Championship. Mm-hmm. This match, I mean, when it comes to like matches of substance, this this was definitely the one of the on the show that you yeah, know that mattered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get to after the match, I mean, again, the Pure Rules just, I don't know, man. You gotta what you gotta do is you gotta do what I did, which is go back and watch some old school Pure Rules stuff and realize why it was like set up the way that it yeah. was. So it's still nonsense. I'll give you that. that. Said. After the bout, Daniel Garcia, Matt Menard, and Parker came out and beat up Yuta. So we're going to get Daniel Garcia versus Wheeler Yuta for the ROH Pure title. Yes. A little soon, I think. I don't know if I would have done that immediately. Um, you think it's going to be on Dark or Death Before Dishonor? I mean, I, when I sent you, I, I sent you a mock Death Before Dishonor card, and I had that on there. So I'm yeah. hoping it's at the pay-per-view. But I mean... Same. Again, I, I I would love to get get us to tune in. Get us to tune in because I think Death Before Dishonor is running the same day as SummerSlam or something. It's it's like right around there. It's kind of nuts. But um, week before. I don't know about the whole cheating to get rope breaks thing. I feel like exactly, dude. What like come really? on? Really? Um, I, I also I was, wish they would use pinfalls that you could break up with rope breaks. I know, and like some re- wrestling gigabrains are gonna think, oh, but why would you do that? It's actually stupid. If you think that, go back and, re- and rewatch Brian Danielson versus Nigel McGuinness one or two or three, and you're gonna be like, oh, they did them in all of th- them. Uh, oh shit, you know, like <laughs> yeah. And that was so that was uh, AW Dark episode one fifty. It can be done well. It was not in this case. Nine, um, lineup. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's it for that. Lots of Ring of Honor uh, this week, which we'll continue more with Rampage there in a second. But before we get to Rampage, it's AEW Dynamite. I'm going to let you take the lead here, Garrett. We opened up with our first match, Orange Cassidy versus Ethan Page. New music for Orange Cassidy. Love it. Love it. Love it. This was supposed to be at the pay-per-view, like I said. But uh, as Tony Khan said in the AWX New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door Post Press Conference. That was a mouthful. He mentioned that this was supposed to be on the pay-per-view. It leaked. He got mad. So he decided not to do it. Um, and, I, 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 and I'm not trying to disparage Tony. I, I would have just fucking done it anyway. That's just me. Yeah, right. I'm like, I'd just been like, fuck it. Lean in. Fuck it. Now announce it. Make it a big deal. You know, like get people to tune in, you know, like whatever. But uh, but whatever. They didn't do that. And instead we got it here, which was nice. You know, it was a nice opening to the show. So whatever. Uh, Ethan Page, uh, you know, is in a bit of a state of flux right now. We kind of find him in like this like a lot, don't we? Where he's like, he seems like he's going to get something maybe. But then like they put him in one of those tournaments or something silly where he's like, okay, well, he can't win that. So okay, now he's going to lose that. And I guess he's going to lose here too. Um, yeah, right. He's being featured prominently, but he's always losing. Absolutely. So, I mean, whatever. He's always losing. So, yeah. I don't um, there was a – sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I was saying I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so Dan Lambert immediately sending the best friends packing, so already putting – so positioning himself as as the heat in this match, you know. Um, Touch. And we got a super clean sequence leading into a shoulder block or shoulder tackle, whatever you want to call it, from Orange Cassidy. Um, then Ethan Page hit this forearm smash in the corner that just killed Cassidy. Ow. 
Um, and then, uh, so it was like Cassidy laid the trap, but it did feel a little. So this is why this wasn't my favorite this week. I just, I, maybe I was just a little out of it some part of this week. Cause I was a little sick earlier on this week, but I just felt like some of the matches just didn't engage me as much as this was one of them. And this is sucks because like, you know, orange Cassidy had a great week. You know what I mean? Like, um, uh, except for losing a lot of things, well, not a lot of things, but losing some things. But you know, like I mean, other than the losses, he had he was involved in so much this week. Is great, you know. Um, yeah. But at the same time, um, I, I, th- I think one of the coolest setups they did in this match um, was that he kept trying to body slam him throughout the whole match, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Ethan Page is just too big. Orange Cassidy is just not strong enough. Well, he hits his orange punch on him he hits another orange punch then he picks him up hits the body slam hits the pin when was the last time a body slam got a pin charlie ever in your entire time watching wrestling like it's been a while since we had a weird pin i I love it dude yeah agreed a weird pin that wasn't on accident (laughs) the adam cole thing which we still don't even know the fuck (laughs) happened with that yeah uh yeah man i'm with you i we knew exactly what happened with that. The man got concussed. I think I was a little. He was trying to say. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I was a little more into this one than you. That it sounds like you might have been. Because I gotta say, I was pretty engaged. But um, Paige flipping off the kid in the crowd. By the way, was fucking. That was funny. Fun. Yeah. But no, dude. I mean, you you hit all the right notes there, and I think that's just exactly what worked for me. It. I feel like they had good chemistry. I think the right guy won. I love Dan Lambert establishing the heat very fast. I um, I also thought their take on the bar, it, what it felt like was the Barbie and Ken plus Ryan Gosling <laughs> with those tie-dye things. I felt like that was a nice little touch. And yeah, I, I mean, hey, this uh, this is good for Cassidy. So Cassidy, I'm sure, is gonna is starting to find his way up the rankings again. This is probably the goal there. With- I, I, have, I would love for Orange Cassidy to challenge for the world title. I don't think it's going to happen, but... <laughs> I I I think that could be one of the guys that we see him him and Moxley face. I mean, that'd be awesome, dude. You know, just so yeah, um, dude, just right do that until Twunk gets back. Just have everybody that everyone would love to see win, but we know is not going to win because Moxley's got to be the one to face Punk. You know, like and then you know, off yeah, continuing off the great week we had last with week with Christian Cage. He's getting oh my god rained down by booze. He's asked by management to come out and apologize specifically about Jungle Boy's father. Christian goes on to say, Jungle Boy, I'm sorry. Your entire family isn't dead. <laughs> he, cor- he corrected himself to say everyone except Jungle Boy's mother. And he kind of does like a little call me little mama. What's up? I uh, said the only good thing hey, hey. is that it's close to Canada. He may have requested a match this week, but it's not for him. Garrett. Luchasaurus comes out. New music, new gear, and a fucking new song end. is called Fossil Fuel, by the way. Um, dude, I am so in. We've touched on it the podcast before, but just in case this is your first time, we watch Big Brother. I'm a massive Big Brother fan. Austin was my favorite character on the show, and I've watched his wrestling career like ever since. And holy fuck, dude, he's getting a solo push with Christian Cage as the main guy with him. In mm-hmm. so much heat. And the new music. I'm gushing over this. The new music. Holy <laughs> fuck, dude. I saw someone say it sounds like the final boss. And it's got yes. pain vibes in there. It's like, dude, oh my god. Yes. Oh my goodness. This is gonna be awesome. This is perfect. This, I'm not kidding you. Is a version of Kane that's not actually a crazy thumb. No, anyway. And and I gotta say, this I, I loved every second of this. He defeated Serpentico. He beat the shit 
on a Serpentico. Mm-hmm. This is the route we 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 talk about the big guys in AEW and how sometimes it feels like uh, all the big guys in AEW kind of get none of them get treated badly, right? No, like, got to stand out from the other. And exactly, Luchasaurus right now. This this stands out, man. With Lance Archer being gone for the next little bit here, because he's going to Japan. Oh. Luchasaurus, I don't see any reason why you can't have this guy beat the hell out of fucking some good baby faces. Dustin Rhodes, eventually maybe lead to him and Jungle Boy. I don't, I, I don't know, but I, I, I either, loved, but loved, loved, I love the opportunities that this creates. Though, like, agreed, yeah, and, yeah. You got anything? And we know he's got like he doesn't sound intimidating, but he could be like that new generation. You know, his voice is almost perfect to be like that annoying sort of Rollinsy voice, you know, like. He's got, yeah, he's got a fucking master's degree in medieval literature. I mean, this guy's a fucking, Austin is the shit. And like he could cut some really interesting promos. Like, I, I, I want to see where they go with this, you know, like. Dude, he could literally do like a better than you and you know what type gimmick. Shout out MJF. Which, by yeah, the way, exactly. still are not commenting on. I can't wait. When MJF comes rummaging through the fucking crowd, whenever this happens, it's going to be awesome. Oh, you mean when CM Punk wins the title back? Yeah. Oh, it's going to be so good, dude. Scorpio Sky and Wardlow were backstage for face-to-face. Sky says that he was... I like how, by the way, if you track the podcast back-to-back, week-to-weeks, we literally go back and forth on this all the time. It's a work, it's a shoot, it's a work, it's a shoot. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's got to be a work, right? <laughs> There's no way it's not at this point. We said last week it's got to be oh. a shoot because there's no way it could have That's what we said last week. He's out of time, brother. Uh, uh, it's like, I don't know. He beat everyone's ass and said he'd take home the title. Sky Challenge him to do championship next week in a street fight. Yeah, Scorpio Sky's kind of digging himself a little bit of a hole here, isn't he? He's not winning that title back. This is – Wardlow's winning, isn't he? Oh, I don't know, man. I don't Scorpio, bro. These title reigns, that his two title reigns have sucked. And he's going to fucking lose it to Wardlow here without ever feeling like he had a real challenger. I mean, it's because, as we state, Tony doesn't care. He just wants to appear like he cares. Like, he doesn't actually want to push the people that people want him to push. Like, they, he saw Scorpio as an opportunity, I feel like. You know, like... Scorpio got his due. Winning the title the second time, that was... That was... He got his due. That was, you know, the, hey... We acknowledge what you've done here. And we kind of fucked up by taking this off you in the first place. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it's unfortunate. But, man, I, if he beats Wardlow clean, I will fucking change my tune. I will I will start talking about, holy shit, they're really going to start pushing Scorpio. Yeah, okay, but you say that, but why does that make sense either? Because Wardlow also shouldn't be beaten, beaten cleanly right now. That's Yeah, that's what would make Scorpio fucking winning so big. That's true, but then what's the point of having built up Wardlow with this whole MJF thing? Now, if I didn't like Scorpio, right, that would be like, oh, here we go. Now they're starting. But since I'm such a big fan of Scorpio, I'm a little biased when I say that. So I'm also just from the perspective of Wardlow because I'm a fan of both. Agreed. You're Wardlow. You're like pissed because you just had this whole buildup with this MJF thing. MJF thing goes off into the sunset and you don't know what's going on there. And well, now Wardlow winning this you're the most spotlight sense. of this situation, and now they're just going to take it off of you because Scorpio didn't get enough of his own due. How is that 
the fault of Wardlow. I'm not saying Wardlow should win this title oh, yeah. because of that. I'm saying that why is that Wardlow's fault that they fucked up what they were supposed to be? They didn't book a match with Scorpio on TV to defend this title except one or two times. Absolutely. And when you don't do that, you get what happened with with uh, Thun- with what was currently happening with Thunder Rosa, who also, by the way, was barely on TV this week. Yep. That's setting up Thunderstorm, man, which you got Thunderstorm next week. But yeah, uh, that'll be fun. We'll we'll do a couple of predictions at the end of the show here, talking about because we got some stuff next week that is fun. Um, excuse me. Max Caster called Dan Housen a juggalo and mocked Flint, Michigan's drinking water. This was billed as Dan oh, yeah. alongside two mystery partners, and they turned out to be FTR. So FTR and Dan Housen uh, defeated Max Caster and FDR Housen. <laughs> FDR Housen. I thought this was a great touch. Uh, FTR, get them on TV. They told him you can go get wrestlers, and he's like, "Yeah, all right, I got some people." Oh, let me just get the two fucking yeah. Okay, oh, these, those guys had the most championships. Um, this was funny. <laughs> this was this was a fun six man. I, I just love that that Dan Housen went back there and found the guys with the most championships and was like, "Yeah, those are my partners." I'd love to see like a kayfabe thing of them doing that. And I mean, the match was pretty pretty easy. <laughs> fucking he did land his go to sleep or he he went to go for the go to sleep but he didn't get it right and then billy distracted the officials bowens ran in with the crutch revealing he's healed from his injury dan Housen avoided the crutch strike which struck austin dan Housen covered for the win so austin shoved austin shoved bowens but billy defended the acclaim and shoved his son back so i think billy gunn is gonna try and keep this family alive Billy Gunn sees what happens if you have all five of them. We're better as a five, as a fivesome or a foursome than without them. We need them, brothers. We need them, brothers. Like <laughs> so, yeah, what'd you think of FTR being the challengers or being the uh, mystery opponents and the post match shenanigans? It's funny. I was kind of thinking, like, God, it's going to be FTR, isn't it? God, now everyone's a joke. But then, like, I don't know. I, I, Dan Housen is slowly, like, it's like before it was, like, I didn't I didn't care for Dan Housen because I didn't really get it. It wasn't my thing, and I didn't really care to make it my thing. I guess I appreciate kind of what the guy does, but, like, he's our guy now, so I'm going to defend him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, not, like, our guy, like, one of our guys, but, like, he's an AEW guy now. You I can't. Can, I've learned. I've picked up on it. It's easy to see how we got over. I can uh, see how we got over. Simple-minded wrestling fans are how we got over. I'm just going to insult everybody and say that, but you know, nothing wrong with <laughs> like, buddy. Come on, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> hey, 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 you enjoy it if you want. It's not the kind of comedy that I usually go for, but that's just me, you know. Because um, I personally don't think wrestling is a joke, but that's me, you know. Like, um, I think there can be jokes in wrestling, but I don't think wrestling itself is a joke, like the Bucks do, or like. Um, I love Will Ospreay. Why I'm not a Will Ospreay guy is his fucking video game moves and his goddamn MCU movie moves. Like, dude. Yeah, okay. Cool names. But like, we get it. You're a nerd. You know, like, okay. This isn't that. This this is not that. This is wrestling. The wrestling fans aren't going to understand the reference. Like, you know, like, and the ones that do, I don't know what the hell they're doing. But, you know, like. It's it's wild to me, but uh, you know, but I'm gonna sit there. But I'm not gonna rag on Dan Housen because, like, even though I don't get it, it's not for me, and so I just pretend like it doesn't exist. And then occasionally he intersects with things that I do care about, like FTR. But then, like, I'm like, it's great for the pop, so I don't care. Get FTR on the show. I'd rather FTR be on the show. I'll say that much, even if it means they got to be with joke characters. You know, like, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> 
I, I, I'm with you. Hey, this it was fun. Probably not the answer you were expecting, but like honestly, like I just like I, 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 uh, I don't have a problem with that. I just there's a reason why they completely disassociated Danhausen from everything serious now because they realized they kind of have to, you know, like yeah, no, exactly. Danhausen fits into a certain mold, and he he, he makes the best of that mold. Cookhausen was a cool experiment. Because, yeah, and they're clearly going elsewhere with that. And I would have loved to see, because that was so over, I would have loved to see them in an actual spotlight, but it never happened because the tag division's so fucking loaded. Yeah. So, that being said, Jay Lethal, set, uh, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh cut a video promo. Giving these guys TV every week, by the way. Dutt and Lethal, yes. Dutt and Lethal demand Joe sign the contract to defend the title ROH Death Before Dishonor, and Satnam says, Jay's gonna kill you. Yes. Setting up that uh, pay-per-view, baby. Let's go. Absolutely. TBS champion Jade Cargill with Stokely Hathaway and Kira Hogan defeated Layla Gray. Oh, boy. Hot take city. Shout out uh, Layla Gray. We've covered her on Dark many times. Yep. Um, Jade manhandled Gray right from the start, hitting a fallaway slam and kipping up. Gray fired up with a rising knee, but Jade leveled her with a pump kick before hitting the Jaded for the win in just a couple of minutes. This was, again, a quick squash. The story of this was Tony put out a contract. She was the first one to answer. And they... Tony and Stokely have a fucking... They already have great exchanges on Twitter. If you guys are on Twitter, so, go ahead and enjoy that. Um, after the match, Hathaway was about to speak, but Jay grabbed the mic, said she was tired of everyone in the back bitching and moaning, and she demanded that Hathaway give her some real competition. And Hathaway said the said only someone who didn't even work in AEW had the withdrawal to step up, called Athena lazy. Athena and Statlander ran out and attacked Jaden Hogan, but then Greg surprised them by stopping Athena hitting the great O face. Jaden company stood tall. You can kind of see a Stokely whisper to Layla, like, hey, maybe this is your opportunity to do something. Again, I don't think she's the new baddie. I think she's just No. She's just wants to try and help the, you know, she, if we're talking in Kayfabe, she wants to help the <laughs> coolest person around to try and be cool. We see it in every fucking movie ever. So Yeah. yeah. Except uh, that it didn't result but, in anything, so there's a problem there. Yeah, well, if it was going to result in her being not necessarily the baddie, but added in somehow to this Well, she might be. We have no idea. Okay, well, then why not lean into that at the end of this segment? What's the point? Why? I'll tell you why. Because Jade didn't want to look like she needed help. So she decided that's not what I'm doing and walked off. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care if that's what they wrote. If, if Tony Khan wrote that, then he deserves to be made fun of for making that think, thinking that makes sense. Like... Yeah, like I'm over Jade's title reign. I've decided. I I've given it as much fucking leeway as I feel like I can at this point without just giving my honest opinion about it. Not that I've been lying to everybody, but I've I've given a little bit more leniency than I would normally to something like this. I used to lambast this kind of stuff in WWE when we did a WWE review show back in the day. Um, Look, dude, Jade. Can can I ask you something? Do you genuinely still believe that Jade is the biggest star in the women's division? I'm just asking that. Oh, just without question, still. Yes, that it's says that the AW women's division is absolutely worthless. Then because Jade is not that great, um, and hey, I, I'm going to explain why based on this segment. So only Jade would have done this segment this way. I can't think of any other AW superstar that would have had this segment, even as a heel. And they would have had the bad guy that they, or sorry, the person they just beat up, then try and help them. But then they're like, nah, nobody else would do that. This is purely what Jade's character would, I guess, do. 
Oh, yeah. But the undefeated streak has ruined any chance that this character has ever and will ever have to get off the ground meaningfully outside of this championship. Because as soon as Jade loses this championship, if she doesn't go straight for the world title and win it, which I guarantee you is going to create problems given who by the time whoever may figure out that championship. And I think it brings down the stock of every other star on the brand when you can say that the mid card, and I'm going to call her this, the mid card champion is more important than your world champion. Not because they're better as a superstar or more entertaining, but because they get so much TV time compared to the main women's champion of your brand that there's no choice but to make them the bigger star or to call them the big. How can you call Thunder Rosa a bigger star when she doesn't get on TV? And it's not her fault. She just doesn't get on TV. How could you say she's a bigger star? Hey, And it's yeah. not Thunder Rosa's fault. And I don't blame Jade for any of this. Jade was not ready for this level of spotlight. It's just the way that it is. And I, this segment is like the WWE levels of not making sense. That's what this segment was. And I just am, I, I'm, I'm not going to sit like around anymore and pretend like this is, oh, fuck, I love this. Like, no, dude, Jade's title reign is over. It, it, it should end. I, Athena should end it. Maybe she will. I, hey, man, we just, we ride different. No, she won't. Nobody will. She's going to be undefeated forever. The TBS championship is just going to be rebranded to the the Jade brand championship or something. Like, someone will win it. It'll, uh, it'll be good or who's a big enough star. If the world champion isn't a big enough star, who's a big enough star? They're just going to do it. I mean, they're just going to have someone win it in a shock. And that's, that's how you get out of this. And that's, gonna be the way it's not gonna happen anytime soon and it shouldn't because what she's done with this title has already made it so much more prestigious than it probably had any right being it's just we we park our shuttles in different shuttle bays here (laughs) a little reverse of that analogy that we use uh but yeah hey if layla gray is not a baddie which I mean, she definitely is. I, this isn't getting acknowledged next week that's what i'm trying to tell you i don't think this gets acknowledged in the slightest next week Except for that, that maybe it gets mentioned in the video package. And then at the pay-per-view or whatever match happens, that person gets involved. That's what's going to happen. They're not going to mention it for weeks. And this chick is going to be under the ring. That's what's going to happen. And everyone's going to be like, who the fuck? Oh, Layla Gray. Well, Wasn't that like four weeks ago? Like, what the fuck? I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. We'll have to see uh, what they do with that. But, hey, I'm like I said, I'm still loving this title reign. I still think Jade's the biggest star in the women's division and what i don't think the segment yeah because tony won't book other women except for tony storm so you know i think tony storm easily could be the biggest star and maybe she will be someday just like brit was and then you know i look look at brit now i mean it's just the way the fucking cards fold sometimes but yeah so young bucks were backstage they have a shot at the titles uh they're just kind of Oh, can I say also, I don't like the mentality of burying the entire women's division saying, yeah, only this person that is a jobber that I clearly set up was the person that responded. Well, I don't like that. To it. I don't like saying, oh, yeah, no one no one responded. Everyone was scared. Maybe no. they are scared. Damn, bro, she beat ass. Are they actually fucking professional fighters then? Like in kayfabe? Like, are they, what? Hell, they're scared, bro. Jade's beat all their asses. Uh, JR joined commentary, so this is kind of uh, something new going forward. If JR is not going to be doing all of Dynamite anymore, he's. it sounds like he's just going to Rampage. And then he'll do special appearances on Dynamite, which is probably the right move. Because 
the left has and Excalibur. I, I think what happened is is Jr. said I ain't I ain't commentating over this bullshit anymore. Some of this, like, and that's probably what happened. <laughs> that the writing's kind of been on the wall there. He he's just not what he was, and uh, look, he's older now and stuff. So, yep. Uh, and then we had the the War Games match, which really yeah. really got so. Yeah, that was AEW Dynamite for you. Let's jump into Rampage. We've got two more matches to talk about. The first Absolutely. being the 20-man Royal Rampage match. Um, you had Red Team versus Blue Team. First four instance were Powerhouse Hobbs, Adam Page in Ring 1, and Darby Allin and Tony Nese in Ring 2. Ricky Starks came out. The Butcher, John Silver, Max Caster. Roosh made his debut with Andrade Alidolo and Jose. And the Blade was number five for the Blue Ring. And he immediately helped out the Butcher. Penta Oscuro, Swerve Strickland, Keith Lee, Matt Hardy. I know we were wondering about Matt Hardy. Um, Dustin Rhodes, Frankie Kazarian, Dante Martin, Kanosuke Takeshita. And then coming in at 10 was Brody King and Orange Cassidy. And honestly, I kind of thought both those – I thought Orange Cassidy uh, was going to win his ring. I did not think Brody King was going to win this. Kind of bearing the lead here. Brody King um, on his side, Darby Allen won their side. Brody King won the whole match. I did not fucking see that coming. I could see a lot of this, honestly, with this John Moxley title reign. It may not live up to the hype that we want it to because it may just be a bunch of people who are going to be good matches but wouldn't be the people you would pick just so that they don't give away too many good matches that can't result in somebody winning the championship that you would want to win. So uh, maybe, I don't know, Like it's kind of a tough position if you're Tony. Do you want to book really insane matches and just have some of your other top stars lose to John until CM Punk is back? Like... What yeah. if you want him to face Punk later? You know, like, uh, can you do that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But I got to say, I think this was a fucking awesome call. I think Brody King deserves this. Brody King's. Oh, yeah. It's not Brody a bad guy. I just wouldn't, it wouldn't have been my first pick. I mean, I think it's going to be a great match. It wouldn't have been you know? my fucking probably fifth pick. But when it happened, I was like, you know what? This makes sense. Because similar to what I was just saying with Luchasaurus. This could be a spot where you could have seen a Lance Archer. Hence, we did in Hangman's in uh, Hangman's title reign, where Brody King pretty much wins every match he's in. We would have to look at the fucking records, but he, he's pretty much won every match. And cool. I can't think of a singles he's lost. So yeah. Yeah. So cool. I, I'm cool with this. I think I think Brody King versus John Moxley is going to slap. Also, I didn't think it was very clear. I thought when it was the last two, they were going to like have like a pinfall match. I did at first too, but uh, they didn't explain that. So I guess it was just they also had to eliminate over the top rope, and I guess both rings were in play at that point, but they didn't really use that either. So yeah, yeah, th- I, I, it would have been kind of uh, interesting to see somebody use the in between spot between the two because shouldn't between two rings like that shouldn't that technically still be out? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine so. Yeah, uh, so, but it looks like I we're mean, some feuds out of this. Um, the Butcher and the Blade against Swerve and Our Glory for sure. Uh, what'd you think of uh, Paige eliminating uh, Ricky Starks? I guess that's going to be kind of cool. I wonder if they'll touch that at all. Oh, I mean, I think that'd oh, be and interesting. And the other one was the and Orange Cassidy. It looks like those guys are probably going to do something after Yeah, that. so there's a couple of matches I thought I saw teased in this. Uh, I saw Roosh versus Penta as well. Oh. Um, Sorry, that was me. Uh, yeah, that that's going to be insane. Just the two seconds they did before they both went out of the match, great stuff. You know what I mean? Um, Beautiful touch, yeah. But they, yeah, then Takeshita versus Cassidy is going to slap. Oh, my um, God. I can't wait. 
Takeshita and Daniel Garcia wrestling this week. I can't wait for Takeshita to do the thing that he does when people try and uh, showboat where he, you know, elbows them in the fucking head or whatever. And Orange Cassidy is going to go into his thing and he's going to elbow him in the head. And it's just going to make Orange Cassidy realize, oh, I can't do that against this. Oh, shit. What do I do now? Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> he's not going to let me fuck. You know what I mean? Like, so we'll get into that match next week. That'll be uh, that'll be cool. We'll get into that at the end. We'll do some predictions. Alex Marvez tried to interview Hook. Hook got in Marvez's face and told him anything essential is invisible to the eyes. Okay. Uh, I, I think that goes beyond me. I don't. Anything essential is invisible to the eyes. Okay. Hook spiritual. Um, exactly. In event time. Oh, JK. ROH champion. Jonathan Gresham cut a promo. Laying a claim that the best tactical wrestler in the world. This was a fucking great promo. Gresham will prove this next week on Rampage in a tag team match against Tilly Blanchard's team, the Gates of Agony. Uh, so Gresham and Lee Moriarty versus the Gates of Agony. Cool. Should be a fun match. What do you think of the Gresham promo? I'm glad that little. Oh, he sounded play. great. Yeah, he's, I agree yeah. with you. He sounded great. I love them showing the little octopus gimmick thing that he wears. I good saw, stuff. I saw our guys, uh, Righteous Reg and Phil Lindsay of the Grapsity, fucking really hyping up that promo. That made me happy. Shout out. Absolutely. Main event promo time. Now the Rose cut a great promo with Marina Shafir looking over her shoulder. And yeah, Tony Storm, I don't think was, uh, it wasn't on the same level as now the Rose there. I love the line. If she's a problem for you, I'm a goddamn catastrophe. Good shit. Good shit. Rose is the number one contender. Is Storm is number three. So this was a rankings match. It's um, essentially a number one contenders match, really. You know, yeah. like fans can be see- uh, unfortunately, and this made its story on all the wrestling news outlets. Decided not to cover it because we're going to talk about it here. Uh, fans left during the match. Uh, it was yikes. Notable. Maybe they were tired from blood. And- I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, it sucks for these girls because they got the main event of fucking Ram. Have suggested that there are quite a few AEW fans that seem quite misogynistic online before. <laughs> We've seen that before, uh, but. I gotta say, Garrett, I I really like this match, and Nyla Rose again looked really good, and I thought these guys actually had some good chemistry together. Um, after the match, Shafir and Rose double team Storm, but Thunder Rosa ran in, and Excalibur quoted, "We could have a thunderstorm on our hands," and next week we do have Thunderstorm versus Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir on Dynamite. So. so- just throw that should be interesting holy fuck does marina shafir get booked a lot see she is getting a benefit big time of all the injuries absolutely stepping up i mean she she's clearly stepping up i mean they think she's doing what needs to be done and what they're asking of her so good for her for getting this up there it's funny because the the e-drone like vibe on her is that she's not very good or engaging or entertaining and i will say the crowd is dead when she's out there 100 percent. unfortunately that is the case but but I can always root for it doesn't them. have anything to do with her ability. Like they they don't know who she is because she didn't get the debut in WWE. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> she, she literally sat in developmental training for like years, and, and I mean years while they were planning that four horsewomen versus four horsewomen thing, and then they lost one of the four horsewomen, and they were like, "Well, Shit. you just reminded me. I want to give a quick shout out to Liv Morgan for women the winning the women's championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship." We're picking oh, absolutely. Up Morgan and our guy Theory uh, picking up the briefcase. So absolutely, Austin Theory and, world and champion? Question mark. Pushing new talent. I mean, this is that's something you and I've criticized them so much of, and 
I like. Oh, I know. Did you I see like the responses? Right, let's, let's talk about this earlier. Did you see the responses on Twitter? People were pissed that they gave it to Austin Theory. Shit on Austin Theory, and I gotta tell you, man, I don't get it. They act like he's not a great wrestler, but you know what? There is some truth that he is dubbed down to that WWE style a lot. But he that doesn't just even Ricochet is, but Ricochet fucking still excels. I saw this whole thread where people were like, "Yeah, what about these other crazy things that he can do? He's not that great of a wrestler." Blah blah blah, and I'm like. And then the person's like got like oh, well, when was the last time that he did any of these things on a sort of raw? And it's like, <laughs> they, 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 well, yeah, like nobody gets to do what they want on raw. That, like and I think that is the the thing that always goes over everyone's head. They're always fucking neutered. Moving on. This fa- uh, but get so, and by the way, let me just clarify what we mean by that. Some talent in that WWE has, I'm gonna go with Seth Rollins. Well, Cesaro not anymore, but when Cesaro was there, when when Miro was there, when those guys were there, it didn't matter how much time they had, they were talented enough that they could overcome it. But it didn't it's not everybody's that talented. And I hate to say that, but it's true. You know, not everyone's got that level of freaking repertoire that they could just in ten minutes make a masterpiece. They're not the young bucks, you know, like Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, Garrett, what did you think of this main event? I, I know we were kind of talking about it a little before. I, what, what were you thinking of this? I mean, it was a good match, I thought. I mean, yeah. um, like I said, it was effectively treated like a number one contender match. Um, there was like a double DDT yeah. off of the uh, of the apron of both Marina and uh, and Nyla by Tony. Um, Jesus Christ, the hip attacks are still out of control. They're insane. Um, Someone's going to die or break a jaw to one of them. Um, <laughs> and then the night uh, Tony put together a nice sequence at the end. I mean, it was like, I don't know. Like, what is what? What's all I mean, they didn't out, right? That's yeah. No, it worked for me, man. So yeah, like, if you locked out during this match, I don't walk back into any AEW show ever again. That's how I feel. Like if you can't stay for the fucking main event of goddamn rampage, because it's a women's match. We storm for someone who everyone's been clamoring for, for years to get this kind of, you know what this is going to do too. It's just going to reinforce in Tony's head that he can't put women in the main event, you know? Oh, I hope. Oh, fuck. You might be bright, but I, I hope not. But yeah. So uh, let's talk about a little bit of next week. We kind of touched on Tony's already on that edge. We know him. We would try to pretend like he's not, but clearly he's got an issue with booking women. You know, like if they get more than one segment of show, we're usually pretty impressed. Uh, (laughs) Next week on Dynamite, we got the AEW World Championship, John Moxley versus Brody King. We got the TNT Championship, Scorpio Sky versus Wardlow. Thunderstorm versus Nyla Rose and Marina Shafir. Swerve in Our Glory versus The Butcher and the Blade. And then Christian Cage and Luchasaurus are scheduled to appear. So that's our five so far. I mean, that sounds pretty fucking nice on paper going in, gotta say. Absolutely. They always do, but I mean. And then know. on Rampage, we have that tag match. Uh, Tully Blanchard Enterprises. Uh, the Gates of Agony versus Lee Moriarty and Jonathan Gresham. So. Hmm. Yeah, this should be a really good show. I mean, I'm I'm really excited for the next week of excuse me, wrestling. Um, is there anything scheduled for like dark or elevation this week that's interesting or not that I saw ahead of time and I uh I didn't see like any crazy spoilers from elevation. I know sometimes okay. if someone big wrestles or some date yeah, we'll, we'll get a little note like today or nothing. something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing we'll probably get that factory versus dark order for sure, right? Probably, I would think. That'll be fun. Well, I like watching those guys. I would like to see Fuego join the factory, though. But yeah, guys. Fuego join the Dark Order? Question mark? I gotta say, man, you've lost two He's guys. In a mask. Let's recruit. And Cole Cabana's been gone, too. 
So yeah. let's start recruiting. There's like four members of the Dark Order right now or something. It's not good. Silver and Reynolds and then Evil 10. We're, we're dubbing it. But yeah, guys, that'll be it for us. So thanks for checking us out. You can catch Garrett uh, streaming, the Duke of Derps. You can catch him on Twitter at Bane Duke. Catch me on Twitter at O'Charlie with an X instead of an A. Make sure you uh, like this podcast or follow it wherever you're on. Um, Forbidden Door was, was another nice show for us, and we really appreciate all you guys that checked it out. Maybe if you really only watch wrestling for the pay-per-views and that's kind of your thing, or if you're just, maybe, hey, maybe you loved it so much you're checking in this week and you're like, ah, I'm still feeling some wrestling because we've all been there. That being said, we appreciate you all. Thanks for sticking around, and we will catch you guys on the flip side, Vision. Johnny Ungi?